standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus, episode 581, coming to you on Monday, the 12th of February, 2024, the year of our Lord, in case you were wondering. Yeah, and it's almost like it's a math question, right? What's two times 12? Oh, that's right, 24. <laughs> I know, come on, look. You get uh, <laughs> short on material. <laughs> You got to, I'm just kidding. No. Okay. Let me, uh, let me tell you, we're going to do another McKinney Monday. I don't, I don't really want to do it, but I just can't help but avoid, you know, I cannot avoid it. It has to be done. And before we get there, let me remind you the most important thing you can do for me right now is to follow the program, like, share, and subscribe to the program. Subscriptions matter. Following matters. Go to your five, your favorite, uh, podcatcher of your choice. Follow the program, sign up, subscribe, do those things. Come and join us over on the social media. I've got a page and a group over at Facebook. I drop in over at MeWe and Gab. And for the time being, YouTube still lets my show uh, be hosted there. Uh, Here we go. On with the program. All right. As I said, I'm really... Not enthusiastic, but it's necessary. It is necessary because, once again, the propaganda machine is gearing up. They want to have another um, election in McKinney. Now, I will tell you that the bond obligations, most of the time, they're appropriate. You don't necessarily have to agree with them. You, You don't necessarily have to approve of the way they group them. But as long as they're generally specific or at least targeted and it's explained properly and we, the people have our say on the bond, I really don't have any issue with that. And I don't necessarily think that uh, there's anything wrong with issuing a bond. Now, that being said, we need to remember that a bond is a, is a loan. It's a future debt or it's a new debt and it makes us have to pay more in taxes total, not necessarily the rate, not necessarily even the um, apportionment, if you will, but it's going to cost us more money. So before we agree to spend more money, we want to make sure what we're spending the money on is appropriate. Now, I know there's a certain segment, and we'll call them cheerleaders, that say, well, you guys write a center. You're you're against everything. You oppose everything. You're the constant naysayers. Uh, you know whatever their favorite nickname or whatever is. Who knows? Who cares? Um, I'm not on holiday, so I will just say there are things that are appropriate. There are things that are rational and reasonable, and then there are other things that are neither. Now. We voted down an airport bond, not once, but twice. That doesn't necessarily mean that we don't approve of an airport or we don't want the airport. We just don't necessarily want to take on that debt. We don't want to put on that fiscal uh, yoke, if you will, on us for an airport. Now, in theory... Once the airport's built out, once the airport's operational, it will generate revenue. Now, whether or not it actually ever makes a profit per se, that's a longer discussion. My understanding is because it's an FAA airport, all the money that it takes in has to be reinvested in the airport. 
And then, of course, there's a situation that's in a TERS, which is a tax investment or tax, uh, whatever, reinvestment zone. Sorry. But basically, the money that comes in there gets put into something else. And again, those things are designed that way specifically to benefit an area or a certain group of things. And whether you agree with it or not, the only solution you really have is to get involved in the city level and sit in on those board meetings, sit in on the bond meetings so that you can be heard. Now, the irony is, is right now, certain segments of the city leadership will point out that, well, you guys aren't involved. You're not doing anything. Um, You're not taking part in these things, which is true. But the corollary or the, the flip of that is if you won't let us in the door, if you won't let us participate, if you won't let anybody in that's going to disagree with you, of course, they're not going to participate. Of course, they're not going to be informed. Now, myself, you know, I'm not going to cry over spilt milk. It's not that big a deal. I've already moved on. But there are plenty of other people that might be interested. It should also be noted that typically they want you to go through their indoctrin. I'm sorry, the, the McKinney program. I call it indoctrination. I don't think that's necessarily fair of me. But basically, you have to get all your training from the various functionaries within the city and they want you to know certain things so that they are educating you, but they're only telling you part their part of the story, which again is normal. Not to be upset about it. You just need to understand that's what it is. And if you've got the money to spend to go through that, I would encourage you to do so. You, you need to understand where the city's coming from, where, where the city fathers would like to go and what's at play here. You need to have an understanding of that before you knee-jerk reaction, vote everything down. There are good things coming down the pike. There are positive outcomes to investing money. It's just a question of whether or not you're actually going to see a return or are they going to privatize the profits and socialize the losses or publicize the losses, right? See, that's always been my major issue. I don't oppose the airport per se. As a matter of fact, I think that there's a great opportunity with the airport. We need to look no further than across the Metroplex to Alliance Airport. That is a massive economic engine for that area. And I don't know that we're, we have that same capability just based upon the location of our airport. But I would suggest that even if it does 50% of what Alliance does, that would be a major improvement, a great thing. I just don't know that the city of McKinney ought to be taking on that in burden by itself. There might be some advantages to it. I'll grant you that. And I'd really like to see the true numbers. I I don't necessarily want to see the sanitized uh, (laughs) propaganda numbers. I want to see the real deal. And no, I'm not interested in paying for a survey that's going to give me a predetermined outcome. You know, surveys are determined on how they ask the question and what questions are answered in what order. So, the fact that, you know, some member of the city council put forth a survey stating that people want these things or want certain things is less meaningful than if they were to actually put it to a vote, which they kind of sort of did twice when it was a city bond issue. But I got to say, I'm willing to split the difference. I, I, I support an airport. I support airport growth. 
I don't necessarily see it as just a playground for the rich, though it is that. But rich people aren't the problem. Rich people are a good thing. We want rich people living in McKinney and the surrounding areas. They help pay for things. They help build businesses. They are the people that allow for the rest of us to have jobs in many ways. So to be angry about that or to be disappointed and then factor in that you have large corporations that hang her there and and they bring those in. Yeah, that's a great thing too. We want those things taking place in McKinney. Let's not pretend otherwise. Now, yes, maybe you don't want 200 flights a day. I don't think that's ever going to happen, but let's just scale that down. Maybe you don't want 50 flights a day. Maybe you don't want 20 flights a day. Okay, I get that respectfully. I don't know that I would be excited if I lived in Fairview or if I lived in uh, Allen on that um, line in about having all those big flights coming in. But the fact of the matter is, I think the biggest thing that's going to ever come in there is a 737 under its current design. That's not a small plane, but realistically, we're probably not going to have more than a couple of those coming in. And if they're in daylight hours, I mean, who really cares? What's the end of the world here? I'll liken this to the idea. See, I grew up just outside of Milwaukee and in Mitchell Field, Mitchell Airport or Mitchell International Airport now, has struggled through the years to get approval and buy-in from the surrounding areas to grow the airport. Now, granted, that airport's been there for 100 years, and I know I'm kind of rehashing some things I said once before, but it's important, and you need to understand this because as progress continues, as we continue to be built out, these things are going to happen largely whether we like them or not. So better to get on board, better to have your input considered, better to have some involvement in how these things happen than to be left aside or to be ignored or quite frankly, to be openly opposed and outvoted and then kicked to the curb, which is what will happen if we continue to go on this path. Now, while I may feel bad for somebody in Fairview or East McKinney that is going to be disrupted by the expansion of the airport, I would say this, unless you owned a home there or you own property there prior to 60 years ago, that airport's been there. It should be no surprise that the airport was there and the growth of an airport is a normal progressive thing. Whether we like it or not, it happens all the time. So if you bought your property there, banking that the airport wasn't going to expand that's on you. Now, let's also be clear. There's been plenty of speculative buying around the airport by people that we know of by name or reputation, and they're going to make a handsome profit to an extent. I don't necessarily fault them for that. (coughs) Sorry about that. But I will acknowledge freely that being in the know or being on the team is beneficial. If these things were to happen naturally, organically, you know, that'd be one thing. But we know nothing happens in a vacuum. And again, while it might be a little shady, it's not illegal. While it might be what people would have problem with ethically, it's not illegal. Let's not lose our stuff over it. Just understand that's the way business gets done. We don't have to love it. We just have to understand that's the way it is. So again, if they're going to bring in private corporations, if they're going to utilize their funds properly to continue to reinvest in the airport and the airport continues to build out, I really don't see that as a 
net negative. Now, I know that some people are not going to be happy with it. I understand there's some challenges with the flight patterns and disruptions. I get all of that. But again, if you bought your property within the last 60 years, you knew that airport was there. You know what airports do. They grow. And you really don't have much of a leg to stand on. I'm sorry. My answer would be sell your property to a speculator, sell your property to somebody that wants to put in some condos or apartments there and move further out. I mean, that's really the only option you have unless you want to deal with the planes flying overhead. And I'll tell you, I didn't live too far from where the um, Arrow Country West used or is uh, at one point in time. And I didn't mind the planes coming over the area from time to time. I thought it was quite fun, you know, especially when they would have the commemorative or what is it? The Confederate air force. They renamed themselves the commemorative air force. Just another example where you got to change the name so you don't offend people. Right. But the idea is, you know, it's there. It's an understandable thing and it shouldn't be the end of the world. Maybe it's a mild inconvenience. Maybe it, you know, but it's like living near railroad tracks. Sooner or later, you just don't pay attention to it. I I live not too far from I-75. And if I go outside at night, I can hear 75. Guess what? 90% of the time, don't hear it. It doesn't phase me. It doesn't bother me. If I lived any closer to 75, it'd probably be the same way. It just might take a little longer to adapt and understand that's the way it is. So again, finally, what I'm trying to say is fighting the airport because you don't want an airport that's a losing proposition. It's already there. It's not going anywhere. It will get bigger over time. Saying that we don't want to put more taxpayer funds into the airport, I'll stand with you on that. I, I agree that's the proper way to approach this. If we want to take and utilize some city funds for general improvements on things the city already owns, I get it. If we want to bring in investors to build it out, 100%, I stand behind that. I think that's a great idea because they're going to do it anyway. Better to work a deal, negotiate something now so that everybody can benefit. One of the interesting things is all of Cowan County benefits from this airport growing, but only McKinney is paying the cost right now. So that in theory, in theory, McKinney's going to benefit the most in the future. That's the argument. That's, that's what the people that are excited about the airport are saying. And I largely agree. I, I think that that's the way that we're going to see a benefit. The uh, new bypass loop from uh, 75, 121 over to 380, that's going to go right by the airport. There's already the uh, other wrap of traffic that goes down south of it. That's not going anywhere. The roads are there. They're being built to access it so that they won't burden the neighborhood nearby, so they won't be a problem. That's the plan. Now, whether or not that's going to come to full fruition, whether or not we're going to experience all of that, I don't really know. But what I can tell you is Alliance worked. And there's nothing that I see that lets me feel otherwise that McKinney can't and won't work. Now, will it ever be Alliance? I have my doubts, but I'll settle for 50% of what Alliance is. Based upon the numbers I heard about Alliance, I'd settle for 30% of what Alliance is. It's not a problem for me. And I would encourage you to consider, is there going to be a point where the McKinney airport actually is a net positive? I believe it's there. It just has to be done right. Now, I'm not sure if the current leadership is going to get us there. I'm not sure if the current uh, functioning uh, functioning leadership within the, the city government 
not not the elected officials, but the functioning um, administrators, if you will, if they're the right mix, I don't know. Can a, can a city properly run an airport? I've talked to several people. There are lots of proofs out there that a city can and will do a good job running the airport, given that they have the right professionals present. Maybe now is the time that we start looking to attract something like that. I mean, it's just a thought. It's something we need to be looking at, but we have to be open to having the discussion and open-minded that this is a positive net positive, or this is a positive outcome and a net positive for the city. Now, yeah, I don't want to pay any more of it out of my own pocket. In fact, I would say that if uh, Mr. Van Tile or Mr. Uh, Craig think this is such a great idea, rather than buying land next to it, that's going to go up dramatically in value. Perhaps they should invest in the airport itself, but that's just my two cents. And what do I know? In either case, that's enough about the airport. <laughs> uh, we kind of did touch base on bonds. That's one of the other uh, bullet points. If you had, I don't know the specifics on the bonds. I, I think they may have rolled those out by now. I know the election is going to be in May. Um, the, the timing on some of this st- stuff is dubious in my opinion. I don't understand why we don't have all of our elections at the same time. I mean, if we're going to have a primary in March, why don't we have all these elections in March? But I know they'd be overshadowed. There wouldn't be much time for discussion or education or understanding what's at play. So I, I, I'm sure that's the argument. And again, bonds, when put in their proper form, when they're put in their proper context, they can be a really good thing, both for the city or the county that they serve, or maybe even the state at large. Certain things can't be built without the money up front. Just think about it. You had to get a loan to buy your house. Well, at least probably 90% of us did, right? 95% of us. Or when you go buy a car, unless you buy a cash car, you're going to take a loan so you can purchase the car and you're going to pay it off. And you end up paying more money than what it's actually sold for, what it's worth maybe. But you understand that because you're buying it now and paying for it later. That's the same principle, right? We want a new school. We want a new fire station. We want a new civic center, whatever it is. You're buying it now and going to pay for it later. So it's going to cost us more, but it's now based on cash flow as opposed to having to save up that money because of the time that it might take you to save up the money, the additional cost might even be more than the payoff amount. Again, just something to consider, keeping in mind that bonds are debt and debts equal more taxes. You have to decide, is this something worth taking out more debt for? I know you can make that argument on a lot of different things. I'm just not sure what they're going to lay it out for. Again, we have to be careful, right? Those of us that are right at a center, we can't immediately knee jerk reaction, shoot everything down and say everything is terrible and never do anything because that doesn't serve us well. It doesn't serve our community well. And it certainly doesn't look good. Now, I'll be honest, a lot of the bonds that get rolled out aren't necessarily something that I would want at first blush and they pile a lot of extra junk in there it's because if they're going to ask for a big number they might ask for an even bigger number just so they can justify it but what you do with a bond should be long-term projects should be long-term investments not well i don't know like several isds have done is go ahead and fund uniforms or something like that i i don't see the wisdom in doing that i'm sure somebody can make an argument i, I don't want to get down that path all right Last thing in here in the the remaining 10 minutes or so. (sighs) There's been some drama around the city council again. So, and I know I've addressed all these items before 
but it just seems like I can't get away from it. And it just keeps coming back on the social media. And, you know, the cheerleaders are just as bad, if not worse, than the detractors. And the detractors don't listen to anything positive about anybody or anything if they're not on the right team. And doggone it. I'm about as political as they come. I'm about as opinionated as they come. I'm, I'm all about the principle, right? I have my own theory or personal thought process on pretty much everything out there. But there are certain things where we just got to be able to set aside and think, how can we make things better? What is, what's best outcome? What works best for the community as a whole? Yes, maybe it isn't my preference, but what's the principle at play here? Do we all benefit? So we've talked about this, the idea that they want to change the city charter. And what's funny to me is to have one of the cheerleaders slam on all the detractors because they didn't have their details correct. Well, I will tell you, first and foremost, a lot of those details get lost because everybody lies or they put out just enough to confuse the matters. So it's always been understood that you would run for two terms and you're done. Well, that was understood until they decided to find a loophole and now try and exploit it. That is, well, I can only run for two terms in that seat, but there's nothing to prevent from me going and jumping to another seat and running for two more terms. While that may be true, that kind of defeats the purpose, right? It defeats the understanding, certainly that we the people had. So their answer is, well, we're going to go ahead and fix this. We're going to close the loophole. We're, we're going to make sure it's clear to everybody. But in order to do that, we're going to go ahead and make it three terms, three terms max. Everybody gets their three terms. And when you look at things, there's really only one person that benefits from this. And really, there's one mm, personality that's driving this and notwithstanding whatever my personal thoughts are about this individual that should cause everybody to take a pause because everybody understood at the time that two terms and you were done but it's only when we found or created this loophole and then by the way the city attorney that we pay lots of money to and quite frankly he does frivolous cases on our behalf multiple times in the past, he suddenly determined, well, you know, uh, there's nothing to prevent you from doing that because, well, you know, by the letter of the law, you know, well, fine, fine. Then let's just tighten that bit up. Let's make that change. We don't have to make it three terms. Now we know why they want three terms. And honestly, I don't know that term limits necessarily do what we think they do anyway, but just setting that aside, we, the people, we like having a, a rotating group of leaders. We, we like having people time out or term out and go on and do other things. That's what we, the people have wanted. That's what we, the people have asked for. That's what we, the people have gotten until one person decided that wasn't enough. Now one could be, <clears throat> Willing to say that this is about the airport. One could be willing to say that they they just want to have their name on something. Both of these can be true and still not be the point. I understand that people get involved in projects or different things and they want to see it through. There's a natural inclination that I have this grandiose dream or I have this really important project and I want to see it until it's completion. 
I, I can respect that. Setting any personal issues aside, setting any personality issues aside, I can completely understand that. I can see the buy-in. I can see the interest. I would concede that there's a vested interest in seeing the stuff play out. But I think the whole Tupps Brewery thing, that's going to work out. That's going to be done before the term is up. I think the City Hall thing is going to be mostly done by that point in time. So what I find really curious about this is everybody else prior to now was content and was okay with serving their two terms and tapping out, handing it off, if you will. And everybody was willing to say, I took my turn. I'm willing to hand it off. We're in good stead that there's plenty of competent people that want to be in leadership at the city level that we're going to be okay. There's a certain amount of civic trust there, right? We're high trust society. We've got other people waiting in the wings. They're going to come up and do that. And it's only now that it's a problem. It's only now that there's a, a problem where we don't think we can do that. And then when I say we, I don't really think it's a we, I think it's a he. And while, again, I have a certain amount of grace for the interest in seeing these multiple projects come to fruition. I have a certain amount of admiration for the amount of time and effort that's been put in to accomplish these things. I really don't see that we have to change the rules to suit one person's ego. And if you think I'm being unfair, that's fine. I'll check my ego at the door. It is a tough road to hoe to get into election, to win election, to go there and try and get certain things done while you're dealing with the previous administration stuff and the turnover things and the multiple elections in between things. It is a lot. And I respect anybody that's willing to go throw their hat in the ring and put in the work in order to get elected. I do. Philosophically, I can disagree with them. I can practically say that those are mistakes and you ought not do that. And as a general idea, I don't think that government should be picking winners and losers. I don't think that government should be aligning themselves with certain business owners over other business owners. I don't think that government should be favoring some property owners over other property owners. I that's To me, that should be the starting point for all conversations. But knowing full well that that's not the way the world works and that everybody has their favorites, everybody has their preferences, we're supposed to be neutral particularly at a city level, the whole idea of municipal elections is to be quote unquote nonpartisan. So we're supposed to be civic minded. We're supposed to be neutral on these party things, but we're really not. Indeed, when certain individuals bring up the specter of Trump again, which look, I've been very clear how I feel about that guy. So I'm not going to go down that path. But when, when they bring that up and they beat us over the head with it, I'm sorry, the Donald's virtually irrelevant on how I run my day-by-day -day life and my show for that matter. I really don't worry about what the Donald or anybody at the federal level is doing for a general rule. I, I have to worry about certain things that happen at the state level. I have to definitely worry about things that happen in the county and the city or the school district for that matter. But as a general rule, when your tactic is to compare yourself to the sitting and former president and use them as a whipping post when you're just a cheaper version of that, I'm not really sure where we're seeing a net benefit from that. For somebody that says that we have to be above politics, we need to be above the partisan divide, we need to look at the greater good, I, I don't really see that. You're supposed to lead by example. So leading by example is, hey, you know, I know what the rules are. 
we found this loophole. I'm really uncomfortable with it. Um, we're going to go ahead and ask for the charter to be changed, but all current members of the council will finish out their terms as two terms. I mean, if it's really not about you, if you say you're really concerned about the charter, if you say you're really concerned about what's best for the city, there's two ways you can approach it. Say, um, we're going to go ahead and change the charter, but we're not going to change it to three years. We're going to leave it, or three terms, excuse me. We're going to leave it at the two terms. And to honor that, I'm not going to run to be the same role I am now. I'm going to run for a different role. So I'm going to say that because of this loophole, I'm able to do this and prove the point that you can do it and do it successfully, which is why we need to change the charter. Or option number two is I've served my two terms. I've run the race. I've run it well. I've finished. I'm handing this off to the next person to come in. I'm confident that that next person has a similar vision than me or to me and that we will get this stuff done together. Those are two proper ways to do that. Apart from what happens with the charter. The charter was set for two terms for a reason. Now, whether I support that or oppose it is largely irrelevant because guess what? I have one vote. And I'm not sure that I'm super comfortable with eight years or 12 years or 16 years, but I do know I'm not in favor of 22 years. I do know I'm not in favor of congressmen or state reps getting elected and staying there forever. I know I'm not a big fan of that. I'm thinking you do your 10, 12 years or whatever, and you're done. You don't need to do any more. And guess what? If you're a state representative or a state senator at 10 years, you, you got fully vested. You got your retirement. You did your service. Move on. We should be constantly handing this off to the next generation. We should, but we don't. Of course, we found a way to do it at the city level. And the workaround at the city level is, well, this this person, this person on the city council, they've done their two terms. But guess what? We got this other person waiting in the wings and they're almost the same thing. They're going to do different things. They're just a different uh, flavor, if you say. Right. Uh, this is an old guy. We're going to run a, a young guy or a young lady or, oh, hey, this young lady, had, she got termed out after eight years. We're going to run somebody else. It's another middle aged dude or whatever. They find their own people. And again, if we're truly being civic minded, if we're truly being nonpartisan, if we're truly thinking about the bigger picture here, it shouldn't matter. But the fact of the matter is, is the people that say these things the most and push it in your face the most are doing what we call projecting. So I apologize. A lot of this was a rehash or at least a restatement of previous things done, but it was necessary. To the cheerleaders on social media, I have no issue with you. I, I'm willing to split the deference on the airport. I think the term limit thing is marginal at best if it's a good thing. But let's not play this game or, well, they're trying to fix the problem, so we're just going to give ourselves an extra term. Yeah, okay, right, whatever. Everybody fully understood what it was supposed to be. Don't play those games. And to trot out the city attorney, like he's some constitutional scholar, give me a break. And as for the bonds, look, say what you want about the bonds, but sometimes you do have to take a loan in order to get big things done. And if you're going to think big, you have to be willing to invest appropriately. And with that, this has been According to Kels. It was episode 581, talking about McKinney once again on a Monday. And with that, I will see you on the other side.